Scott for Scots here. Ah, a good track can feed the soul. And while this might be music from the heavens, it's not gonna feed your lawn. If your yard needs some life, then you need Scott's Turf Builder. You just put it down once now, then again this summer to thicken your lawn and get it grown strong. Ooh. That's some lush lawn vibes right there. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder today. It's guaranteed or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a pleasure to be back on the air with you once again today after a Vikings victory. Yes, the, the losing streak is finally over. Uh, gosh, well, luckily, I don't think I don't think there are any serious injuries, right? <laughs> Unless they're like delayed ones, you find out later. Um, well, here we stand today with a six and four record. It's a lot better than five and five, as you'll hear from Tony on the uh, Facebook page. But yeah, I mean, it's a lot better than five and five. It just drives you nuts, though, just how close this team could have been eight and two. You know, just a little bounce of the ball. Uh, you know, extra points made, stuff like that. Um, yeah, <clears throat> Kai Forbath, of course, was signed after Blair Walsh was released earlier in the week. So, yep, that's. That's news that we didn't talk about in, on the last show. I just figured I figured he wasn't going to come back. You could kind of tell. And yes, Blair Walsh was released. Kai Forbath was brought in. And there you go. Um, he does have an extra point missed. So when you look at the statue, you'll say, oh, oh, extra point was missed. But this one was blocked. And it was a legitimate block. I don't know how the hell the guy got around Vikings line. That was kind of messed up. The way he was able to kind of swing around and wrap. I don't even know how he reached... Uh, Kai Forbath on that one. Kind of a spectacular play, to be quite honest. I'll give him a little credit there. Just a little bit. Uh, that's why the weird score of 30-24 to 24 rather than 31-24. to 24. Entertaining football game. Extremely frustrating football game. Um, very sloppy. It seems like every time Arizona plays anybody, particularly a decent playoff type of team, it's weird like this. Every time they play Seattle, every time they play... Pittsburgh, every time they play whoever. I mean, I can't even come up with the names. Like us last year in Arizona. It's always weird, wacky, just crazy things happen. And then the game ends with somebody being sacked. Luckily, this time around, it was Carson Palmer getting sacked at the end of the game. Um, Now you're hearing it again. It's the first time in several weeks you're hearing, man, he took a beating today. In this case, it was Carson Palmer. For the longest time, you heard, well, Vikings pass rush was pretty much non-existent the whole game. And bada-bing, bada-boom. I mean... First and foremost, you win football games with a good pass rush. If you have a dominant defensive line, that's the quickest way to win football games, playoff games, on the road, at home, 
whatever it is, uh, playoff games, preseason games, whatever it is, you get a pass rush, the quarterback having a hard time getting rid of the football or completing a pass, it's kind of, well, you know, it's kind of fatal for them, that type of deal. Uh, Carson Palmer was fairly good in the game. Um, The first interception he had, because he had two of them, was kind of unearned. I think the Vikings... uh, were on the on the positive end of a not very good call or non-call with Arizona. It looked like a little bit of pass interference, but um, whatever. We'll be able to get by with that one. Thank you very much. Um, the Vikings were beneficiaries of a <laughs> pass interference called against Arizona earlier in the game as well. So we can't complain about the refs, even though there were some bad calls on the Vikings too. They gave us some pretty <laughs> pretty favorable calls along the way that really hurt Arizona uh, several times in this game. Um, so uh, it, it was a very messy refereed game. It was uh, just all the above. The quarterback play of Carson Palmer was strong for the most part, but then the incompletion started happening because of the pass rush, and that's the difference. I mean, if you can rush a quarterback, you can win at a very high level, and that's the difference between this game versus Washington, Detroit, Philadelphia, and whoever. You know, I mean, do you even want to talk about them anymore? Uh, Chicago. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely no pass rush. And gun, gun. Jay Cutler in that game. <clears throat> First and foremost, the game's won in the trenches. If you protect the quarterback, it helps you if your quarterback faces a pass rush. Yeah, you get the idea. Um, it's won in the trenches, and the Vikings won in the trenches today. That was the difference. Um, Sam Bradford did not get through this game without getting his his butt kicked several times as well, though he was hit several times, sacked twice overall. Did get a fumble loss, a strip sack, you can call that. Uh, that was unfortunate. It was kind of a, yeah, it was basically a strip sack where he was in the motion of throwing the ball, and it was taken out. So um, before he was able to throw the ball, that is, when you're cocked back or whatever, before you're able to throw it. So it wasn't an incomplete pass. It wasn't a fumble, and that was what put Arizona back in the game when the Vikings should have been able to put the game away, taking a big lead after several good things happening. (laughs) Um, A very, very fun game overall. Nice start for the Vikings, scoring very early on on the very first possession. Arizona had the three and out, that type of deal. Very positive signs for us. And, of course, Kai Forbath, with uh, thunderous applause after making his first uh, extra point attempt as a Viking, 125th overall in his career. Um, But then Arizona responded quickly after that, and the Vikings defense went from good to not so good. Uh, the, The run defense and the pass coverage, not the best again. Still, I think those are, those are, Areas were uh, of concern, I would have to say. The offensive line still, of course, it's always going to be an area of concern until the Vikings make <laughs> draft at least two offensive linemen correctly, like good draft picks, you know what I mean? Not just they draft them, but they're actually good, like, you know, like actually you overachieved with this second rounder or or whatever it is. Um, and I think the Vikings do need to head in that direction, just like the Cowboys have done. That's all we've been hearing about all season. And, of course, the uh, the other offensive line for Dallas, well, yeah. Well, we'll leave that alone. Back in the old days, how they, how, who, who helped them put that together. <laughs> uh, but um, the offensive line was better today. Matt Asiata was able to convert on short yardage plays, including get in the end zone. Uh, third and one, they were able to get the job done. That was good. Um, difference, the, that was the difference in the game, stuff like that. Little things, little things that become big things. Of course, they're huge, getting short yardage gains in uh, to, to push the... Uh, to move the chains, as they say. But then there's the game-changing plays that 
changed everything because Arizona was way down in the red zone and they were probably going to score after several mistakes along the way. Trey Wayne's multiple penalties, pass interference, that were the correct call. They were. And yes, that's not bandwagon. It's a fact. They were correct calls. I'm not hating on Trey Wayne's, but the guy's still got a lot to learn, obviously. Um, Xavier Rhodes was just unbelievable today. And the pick six, he was able to get in the end zone, run all the way back to the Vikings end. And he was had to breathe oxygen on the sidelines, just like Carson Palmer the whole day was breathing oxygen, especially after trying to chase Xavier Rhodes down in that play. <laughs> <laughs> to no avail. Um, Arizona was just about to take the lead in the game. Um, they were going to make it 17-13, but then Xavier Rhodes runs it all the way back for a touchdown. 20-10, to Vikings had the lead. So it went from Arizona 10-7 to to Vikings 20-10 to in a seven-minute seven, seven period. And then you saw Bruce Arians throughout the game with his usual flipping out, throwing things and stuff. <laughs> I feel bad for him with some of the bad calls and stuff, but... I mean, sure, we, we've been there. We've been through it a lot. Um, it just kind of is what it is. Sometimes the bounce of the ball doesn't go your way, and it didn't go Arizona's way several times in today's game. And uh, But the Vikings defense did not help the cause. In the in the secondary, was not the best today. Uh, you saw Harrison Smith, Harrison Smith miss multiple times along the way. Again, Trey Wayne, several penalties. Newman was beat on occasion. But he also made good plays. Uh, Rhodes was the guy that made most of the big plays today. Um, very few completions were made on Rhodes. And, of course, again, the pick six was huge. And then the deep interception later in the game, where the ball was badly overthrown and intercepted by. And it, it wasn't necessarily overthrown. It was a poor route also by, yeah, <laughs> the Arizona receiver there. Uh, I believe that was Floyd. Yep, Michael Floyd. He just... Floyd and Nelson, I'm not impressed with them at all. I mean, I, I thought Floyd was better than this, and normally he is, but it's like he just slowed down, and then Xavier Rose makes a spectacular diving catch. I don't even know how he made that. It was like a Willie Mays spectacular play. Um, it, it was a combination of it was probably slightly overthrown, and Michael Floyd just stopped. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking there. Uh, Nelson several times, drop passes, I mean, five targets, and, of course, he was smothered at the same time by the likes of Xavier Rhodes and Newman along the way. And Munnerlin also, he, he did a very good job as they, uh, of course, the slot corner, which we know him as, uh, Nelson. The uh, <laughs> Nelson, definitely a victim of uh, Munnerlin's coverage today as well. And that's good. Munnerlin was good. He made some mistakes, penalty at one point. But overall, extremely strong play by Xavier Rhodes. And he was one of the huge difference makers of this game along with, well, just the pass rush. The pass rush finally existing again. And, of course, Sam Bradford being very solid, um, being what he's capable of. Uh, Adam Thielen was awesome throughout the game today. He caught all five passes thrown in his direction, and that's Adam Thielen for you. And that's why he is legitimately a number two receiver on this team, and he's starting now. And Charles Johnson, you didn't even hear his name once today. Not thrown to, not active. Uh, Treadwell was active, but he was mostly on special teams. Stefan Diggs, just short passes along the way. Six catches, seven targets, only 37 yards. Very, very short pass, kind of, you know, Percy Harvinish today once again. You didn't see anybody go deep against this still very good uh, Arizona secondary. Patterson did a very good job on him. And that's credit to Bruce Arians, of course, and the Arizona defense. Patterson, very good. Of course, like I kept talking about relentlessly on the, la on the last show, Honey Badger not being there did not help. And no, it didn't help, but still... 
strong coverage by Swearinger as well, though. Swearinger, a very, very good, uh, very, very good backup corner for the Arizona Cardinals. They they really have have it going on. Uh, Chandler Jones very strong as well throughout the game, getting a sack. Good pass rush on Bradford all day long. Just is what it is. Uh, Marcus Cooper was good. I mean, they're all good, to be quite honest with you. I do need to apologize for something, and I'm going to admit it right now. Um, I was not speaking very highly of the Arizona running game last week, and that was a huge mistake on my part, and I deeply apologize for that. Uh, David Johnson, a second-round pick in 2015, really emerged this year, and, and it shows how you can get running backs outside of the first round, and, and they can be extremely positive for your franchise. Uh, David Johnson is one of the leading rushers in the NFL right now, and again, I apologize for that third-round pick. Actually, I said second round. He's a third-round pick overall. Nine touchdowns on the season all at this point. Actually, he, he got his 10th today. Very strong uh, game, again, for him. Just very consistent. You see, his long of the day was only 11, yet he averaged 4.7 a carry. Yes, the Vikings' defense is not that good, but <laughs> David Johnson is a legitimate running back. Just consistent. Pound away. Pound away. Jarek McKinnon, on our side of things, okay. He was okay, but he got hit for loss a few times and was stonewalled. You know, the two-yard and cloud of dust. You know, this sound effect. That's right, that one. We all know that sound effect, right? <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, Asiata, stronger today. Only got five rushes in the game, but went forward. He went forward. That was the key. That's what helps when you actually go forward. Ronnie Hillman, same thing. Only two rushes, but he, he you know, he went forward, at, at least. That's good. <laughs> Fitzgerald had a spectacular catch in the game, and it was fun to watch, and we always could dream that he was on the Vikings, but unfortunately, not so much. <laughs> not so much. That's not going to happen, barring some type of crazy uh, change of change of events. Uh, Cordero Patterson, again, looking like at least a very good number three receiver in the NFL. Once again today, um, some passes weren't completed, but he still was very solid making plays for the Vikings. Good passes from Bradford along the way as well when he wasn't get, when he wasn't on his back because he was getting hit as he was throwing that type of thing. Um, it's just little things were better today. That's what made the difference. And Arizona is struggling kind of like we are. Their defense was better than ours, I gotta say. Though <laughs> I think their defense was better, other than of course Rose making the big play and uh, Hunter with the amazing pass rush. Uh, their their defense looks a little more consistent than ours, I should say. It's not even if they were better. They're more consistent. That's kind of the difference maker there. Um, Hunter, Daniil Hunter, just absolutely spectacular. Uh, had a huge sack at, uh, earlier in the game and then later in the game to kind of wrap things up. It was the final sack of the game and then one of those big sacks at, at the point of the game where Arizona was driving and hoping to get something, and then at the end of the day, they were forced to punt. Just Daniil Hunter is that kind of guy, and he's going to be one of the best defensive linemen, defensive ends in the NFL in the coming years. He now has seven sacks on the season, and, it, and, and I couldn't be happier. Just absolutely love the guy. Brian Robertson always rushing from the outside as well, from the right uh, from the right side. He just does a great job. So, again, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Vikings, for showing up to play today <laughs> and being like being similar to the team earlier this season. They weren't as good, but they were similar. They responded to Arizona's strong offense, uh, the strong running game. And, of course, when, when Carson Palmer <laughs> was able to complete a pass and such, the Vikings were able to hold their own for the most part. That's good. Uh, David Johnson, clearly the most valuable player of that offense, though, because he also... Got 50 yards receiving, just deadly out there, getting key first downs, third down conversions, and getting into the end zone as well. Um, 
160 total yards in the game today. Just wow. That that guy's just going to be amazing, isn't he? He's just getting started, too. My Lord. David Johnson, 160 yards, two touchdowns in the game today. Fantasy footballers that happen to have David Johnson on the roster. Congratulations. You probably won, I think. The odds of you winning are pretty high if he's your starting running back. <laughs> Bradford for the game today, 71%. The accuracy is still there. Um, 98.7 quarterback rating, one touchdown pass, and it was a beauty. Too bad we didn't get the first one, though, to Kyle Rudolph. That was flagged due to a stupid uh, illegal hands to the face from Searles. Jeremiah Searles, 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 who was, who was you know, he, he's a decent lineman. But I don't know. I mean, obviously none of them are perfect. None of them are that good. Um, that's when our offense looked spectacular. And then, But then luckily the Vikings were able to get in on third down. <laughs> Thank God we were able to get into the end zone on third down. A very nice pass to Adam Thielen, who indeed was in bounds. Wasn't called in bounds at the beginning, but ultimately it was given to him. Same thing for Matt Asiata's touchdown along the way. He wasn't originally called in when clearly he was in. The referee is just not good today. And... But luckily, they were able to make up their calls with the replay. Thank God for that. And unfortunately for Arizona, it just didn't go their way at all, a lot of the calls along the way. So I can't really complain about them, but I can say they weren't very good. I can say that. (laughs) Uh, So shall we start passing out awards for this show? Shall we? Um, I just, you know, I feel better. It's nice to be back in first place going into Thanksgiving. It's a good feeling. I mean... How can you not feel good about it? Obviously, you're going back in first place. Now you, now you play Detroit. A must-win game if you want to win the division. I mean, you get swept by Detroit. The odds of winning the division very slim because Detroit will most likely be the team that does win the division. You don't want to get swept by that team. So common sense there. Uh, Vikings facing that situation coming into uh, Thanksgiving Day. It'll, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun Thanksgiving or a frustrating Thanksgiving. But at least still, please do enjoy yourself and recognize what Thanksgiving does mean how we all have food on our plate, you know, that type of thing, roof over our head, and you know, a free country, wink, wink at the election, hallelujah. <laughs> and no, you don't have to like it. Uh, you don't have to like it, but... <laughs> but no, a free country at the time, I mean, shoot, way back in 16, uh, back, back in 1620, or 1621, 1622, whatever, <laughs> ultimately when the first Thanksgiving was able to happen, um... Thank God for that. You know how they were able to get away from England, the pilgrims, that type of thing. So do do remember that when you eat your food, even if the Vikings don't show up to play in that game. Though I do think they will. History in Detroit, a lot more checkered than it is here. Uh, one other amazing, amazing statistic. And it's like, yeah, you know, the the, the urban legend here. It, it, it is a bit of an urban legend, even though you might think it's not. It kind of is. Did you ever wonder, when's the last time Arizona beat the Vikings? You know, Arizona Arizona beat the Vikings in Minnesota, that is. And we can remember them beating us over there last year, of course. But Arizona never beats us here, do they? No, they don't. Are you ready for this one? <laughs> some of you have heard it already, some of you haven't. But for those of you that haven't, the last time the Arizona Cardinals won... In Minnesota, it was in Met Stadium in 1977, ladies and gentlemen. That's a long time ago, huh? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was the year Fran Targeted broke his leg and Tommy Kramer was quarterback. That's the last time the Arizona Cardinals, except St. Louis Cardinals, of course, were the uh, the St. Louis football Cardinals, of course, were uh, 
the team at the time. So Arizona uh, or Phoenix never has one here. They moved to Phoenix in the in the in the in the eighties. So there you go. Um, good stuff there. Spectacular. Luckily, we weren't able to cough that up. That would be really frustrating. Then you know we're not making the playoffs because. Yeah, I mean, we, we can't even win that one. Um, Detroit never wins here, and they won. You know, I mean, they win here sometimes. Okay, yeah, I, I know. They won here in, in 97, and then they won here in 2014, much to our chagrin, that type of thing. That was kind of sickening. Um, man, 97, remember that collapse? Oh, I mean, every, yeah, I brought that up a couple of times already this year. We don't want to think about that. Um, Wow. So there it is. We finally beat Arizona, or we finally beat somebody, at least. And Arizona is a pretty good football team. Obviously, lots of highlight players. And, of course, a quarterback who's aging, frustrated, this type of thing. But he's still pretty damn good, i got to tell you. But it, it was the Carson Palmer type of game, though. I mean, you, you you rush him, you fluster him. He's certainly not the same type of guy that he would be if he's facing virtually no pass rush. He will school you if he's, if, if, if the offensive line is able to protect him throughout the day. So there it is. Let's pass out the awards. Fran Tarkington Award will definitely go to Xavier Rhodes for today. Pick six. Great coverage the whole game. Not penalized way better than last week. I mean, last week he got penalized. He got nailed. He was still good, but it was really frustrating. It just broke your heart. Uh, and, and, and it was frustrating against Detroit as well the week before. But Xavier Rhodes is the Fran Tarkington Award winner with the bullet today. With the bullet. Um, the Christian Potter Memorial... It's got to go to Trey Waynes. I mean, he almost cost us the game. And yes, the Tom Johnson penalty as well, driving the quarterback, Carson Palmer, into the ground when it should have been, you know, the end of the game, basically. Like, with a minute left, it would have been a safety. That type of thing. There was that, too. Um, I I don't know. I mean, some of the um, the announcers didn't like it at first, and then they did like it, that type of thing. And then people here were like, oh, it was a dumb penalty. So I don't know where to go with it. Um... It did look like he was driven into the ground a bit, but at the same time, it's kind of like a bang-bang type of play. I don't know. Um, It probably was the right call, though. I I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I'm not really mad at Tom Johnson for it, even though it didn't help. Uh, Trey Waynes really kept an Arizona drive alive, which pissed me off and ended up costing us a bit there. So uh, Trey Waynes ultimately will get the... Christian Ponder Memorial for today. It's and, and it's not like I'm bashing him or anything. It's just he struggled today. It is what it is. You just take it for now. Respond next week like Xavier Rhodes did. Bada bing, bada boom. It's not that hard, is it? Well, it's not easy, but it's not that hard either. <laughs> if you're as good as uh, Xavier Rhodes, it certainly isn't as hard to respond. So that pretty much should rack up the first segment. Hope it wasn't too wacky, too crazy for you. But of course, I'm going to be a bit discombobulated after a game like that just like the rest of you out there. I mean, you're either hyper, you're worn out. It's kind of a combination of both. I mean, I, I don't even know what what happened today. It was that weird. So I hope you enjoyed it for the most part. Enjoy being back in, at least in first place territory heading into Detroit. Now it's an opportunity to reclaim the division big time on Thanksgiving Day. And then you could munch right into that, that drumstick, just like the Vikings will when they when they claim that turkey trophy. <laughs> Just like they did way, way, way back in 98 in Dallas, Texas. That was awesome. So we'll be back for segment number two right after this. And 
are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to round things up a little bit. NFC North roundup, and of course, check around the NFL a bit, which I always like to do. Miami Dolphins continue their winning streak. They're six and four, kind of, kind of knocking on the door of the AFC playoffs. Got it like that. Los Angeles Rams lose yet another one in that case. New England all over San Francisco. Would you believe this? Talk about urban legend. Now, Tom Brady's been around forever, right? Since, like, 2000, basically. 2001 was his, like, first, you know, like, playing season, basically. He was a rookie in 2000, uh, backing up Drew Bledsoe in that case. And, of course, he's from the San Francisco area. He he grew up a San Francisco 49ers fan, just like Aaron Rodgers, and then wound up in um, New England later on. Uh, when he actually became an NFL player. And then the funny stat, too, is how Joe Montana is from the Boston area. And then he went to San Francisco. So it's amazing how those two kind of went in opposite places from where they were born. It's just kind of funny how they're interconnected that way. Well, this is the first time Tom Brady got to play in San Francisco. And, of course, it's no longer in Candlestick Park, as long as Candlestick Park was still there. Uh, he was actually there for the NFC Championship game as a little kid. When the uh, the the catch happened, Joe Montana to Dwight Clark way back in 1981, so pretty crazy. And that was of course Candlestick Park all the way back then. Um, kind of crazy that it t- took that long for the New England Patriots to visit San Francisco again. Um, sometimes it's just weird how anomalies take place. Like you play the same team many times, but it seems like you always play them at home rather than on the road. It's just a statistical anomaly, isn't it? A lot like the whole. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals, you know, Phoenix Cardinals, blah, blah, blah. Having, haven't won a game in Minneapolis, Minneapolis or Bloomington since 1977. That is just remarkable. Uh, Seattle continuing their winning ways. They are still the number two seed in the NFC, unfortunately. They will have a bye in the first round, most likely the way things are headed. And that sucks because I hate Seattle. I, I just hope that they fall apart at some point. Uh, they went over Philadelphia 26-15. That's unfortunate. Man, um, you know, it's not like I'm a huge Philadelphia fan, but it would have been kind of nicer to see them make the playoffs instead of Seattle. Um, the odds of Philadelphia making the playoffs, like, slim to none now. They're down to 500. Things have really fallen apart for them. But oh, the, oh, the good part about that is a tiebreaker situation. The Vikings were tied with them. Kind of similar to the game in the background right now, which unfortunately is still pretty early, early going. It just takes forever for these Sunday night games to get started. Oh, don't we know it here in Minnesota, right? <laughs> we had a couple of them already, believe it or not. One of them was against the Green Bay Packers, and that was a very, very, very fun night. It was a nice debut for uh, Aaron Rodgers. That's on in the background right now. Kirk Cousins uh, kind of uh, sh- kind of showing up really big there in the uh, the neons. No, I'm kidding. Well, that was, you know, just a graphic. We'll continue. Uh, New York Giants, well, no, I'll slow down. That's the NFC North. Indianapolis Colts beat Tennessee. So there you go there. Indianapolis and Tennessee, kind of a stinker bowl, kind of, even though Tennessee and Indianapolis both have very fun quarterbacks to watch. Tampa Bay, very impressive, uh, very impressive road win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're starting to really, yeah, they're starting to show something a little bit. I'm a little bit impressed here right now. They're, uh, believe it or not, 5-5. Five and five. They're in the playoff picture, kind of. They're in the playoff hunt, dare I say. They win in Kansas City. In Kansas City, 19-17. to 17. Jameson is just continuing <laughs> to kick some butt there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just made a spectacular play last week. Just kind of, he, he looked like Bo Jackson in uh, Tecmo football. He, he really did. 
Um, you know, like the theme song at the very beginning of this show is Tecmo Football. You know, the one that they're showing Bo Jackson and uh, the Bosworth. You know, the Brian Bosworth, the Bos with those sh- sh- uh, very shiny blue sunglasses. That is the coolest stuff ever, man. Bringing back the '80s again. Um, yeah, that's that's what uh, that's what Jameis Winston looked like last week. I mean, it was unbelievable the moves he made, and then he threw a just hurled a touchdown pass. It's just unbelievable how they couldn't tackle him. He kept backing up, moving around wherever he wanted. And, and he was still able to make a spectacular play. Uh, that guy is really a rising star in this league. Buffalo beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Very impressive win for Rex Ryan and Co. 16 to 12. Cincinnati is well. They went from a team that was three and zero this season to a team that's now three six and one. It's time. It's time to make the. It's time to make a coaching change. Cincinnati. It's time. You've we've waited long enough. And I'm. And it's not like I'm being beating on the door. To try to get a guy fired. No, it's time. It's not working. It's time to go. Yes, he's had some good seasons, but whenever they have good seasons, they don't go anywhere. Enough's enough. This is this is the year. This is the 2001, so to speak, for the uh, the Bengals. You know when they kept Den- when we kept Dennis Green for forever like that. This is it. Um, it's time to go. <laughs> it really is. Pittsburgh all over Cleveland. Yawn. Um, and that's a shame. Hugh Jackson is a better coach than this. It's not his fault that there's just nobody there. Uh, nobody. It's not his fault that management went after RG3, who's what he always is, injured and ineffective. Just a complete bust of a player. Just a complete bust of a phenom taking number two overall in the draft. Mm, shame on the Redskins trading up for that one. Huh, oops, that was a bummer, wasn't it? Big, big mistake there. Pittsburgh all over him, 24-9. The uh, Cleveland Browns are 0-11. Oh, and 11, and I feel for Hugh Jackson, and I, and I know Vince Germano out there will be irate. Vince Germano out of Australia, big Cleveland Browns fan, will be irate if anything happens to Hugh Jackson, and I hear you completely there, buddy. That's uh, not his fault. There, there's nobody on that roster. Nothing. Um, and the only good player was just, you know, he just he, he thought drugs were more important than uh, being a good player, I guess. Just absolutely stupid. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys, the number, the number one seed in the NFC. In the playoff picture, they're nine and one. <laughs> nine and one. They beat Baltimore, twenty-seven seventeen. Baltimore still kind of hanging on with a five and five record. They're still winning that icky division, kind of similar to our division now in in the NFC versus the AFC. There, Baltimore. We're basically the Baltimore Ravens of the of the NFC right now. Kind of a decent team, but better. We should be better than we are, just like Baltimore. You know that type of thing. Um, and then we get into, I guess. Nope, New Orleans and uh, New Orleans and Carolina. That was the Thursday night game. You know, you, you know this game was okay. You know, like we always kind of make fun of the Thursday night games. It's kind of like the junk bowl of the week, so to speak. <laughs> that was a weird rhyme, but but uh, as I try not to cough to that, there, <laughs> Carolina Panthers uh, able to win twenty three to twenty. Not the worst game ever, but two teams that surprisingly neither one of them are probably going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, some people would have thought New Orleans with that great offense and everything might kind of come back in the playoff picture again, be kind of a threat. Carolina was 15-1 and last year and was one the, was as good a team as there was in the NFL, offensively and defensively, struggling to the level that they are. They're very much out of it still to this point, but you never know. 4-6, and six, still hanging around two games out of the wild card spot. You just never know. Um, Vikings are basically tied with Detroit right now, and that's our next opponent. Hint, hint. Of course, Detroit does have the first round bye. We'll briefly check in the New York and Chicago because, well, Chicago, now now we're in the NFC North roundup now that we've bounced around the NFL briefly. Jay Keller and the Bears off to an early start like they always like to do, and they miss an extra point. 
And boy, it's a, the kickers all over the NFL today following Blair Walsh in kind, including Kai Forbath, but his was blocked. So, okay, it was blocked, and it wasn't like it was going to miss by 100 feet, like 100 feet, yeah, basically like Blair Walsh's was at the time. It was blocked because it was so bad and so awkward. Whereas this one, it just I don't know how the son of a gun got around the line and reached as quickly, got, got around as quickly as he did and reached as far as he did to block Kai Forbath's extra point. I've never seen an extra point blocked like that. It was just the weirdest thing. But um, Connor Barth of the Chicago Bears missing an extra point. Where's Robbie Gold when you need him? Oh, he's on the other sideline and he missed an extra point. <laughs> yeah, and he missed. Robbie Gold missed two extra points today. So I guess Blair Walsh and Robbie Gold, Gold and Walsh, I, I don't know. I guess, hmm, and I guess he's missed four extra points this year. How about that? Even Huska of Seattle has missed four extra points this year. Oh, boy. Okay, did we make a mistake? Nah, because Blair Walsh sucks at field goals, too, and Huska of Seattle makes everything, and I mean everything other than that. Robbie Gould, 40-yarder, 46-yarder, he helped the uh, Chicago, excuse me, the, uh, he helped beat his former club in Chicago. See, I'm thinking of Gould in Chicago every second. He helped the Giants beat the Bears today. Um, 46-yarder for him, good goody. Goody for him anyway, but uh, 11 extra points missed today. How about that for yet another urban legend, the third of the day. That is some blankety blank, as the angry video game nerd would say. That is uh, that is some, some F-bomb. That is just, what the hell is that? <laughs> Jay Cutler, yeah, he was Jay Cutler. You know, like 55%, 56%, one touchdown, one interception, 80 quarterback rating. Eh, about the same, 250 yards. That's Jay Cutler. Manning was better, and he was efficient. Not great, but he was. But he didn't turn the ball over. That's basically the difference. Accuracy slightly better. Yard is slightly lower. That that's basically the end of that. Just a little bit smarter passes. Not trying to do it all crazy. And of course, uh, Jay Cutler was sacked four times. Manning was protected the whole game, at least in the sack department. And the Giants won. Well, I guess the Giants won in the trenches, didn't they? Because they sacked Cutler and didn't get Manning sacked. Simple, right? Simple logic. Easier said than done, but simple at the end of the day when you look at that. Um, Chicago Bears down to two two and eight. They are completely out of any type of uh, <laughs> any type of playoff hope. Obviously, that's a guarantee. I don't know. I feel for John Fox a little bit, even though you don't necessarily want the Bears to succeed or anything. But I guess the I guess by default they're my second favorite NFC NFC uh, North team. I mean, heck, it's <laughs> out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, Detroit. Minnesota and Chicago, they're the other one, they're the other city I've been to, so <laughs> out of the four, uh, don't, um, maybe one day I'll go to Green Bay or Detroit, but I'm, I'm not in a huge rush to go to Detroit or anything, for whatever reason, um, and of course Dylan Richardson is a Bears fan, that's of course our executive producer and the founder of thesportstuff.com, you think, so it's, it's easier to root for them than the others, uh, I don't know. It's kind of a shame to see them sucking as bad as they are. It, it, you know, it's fun to watch the Vikings and the Bears play a meaningful game in December. It's fun, isn't it? Don't you miss it? I personally do. Uh, the other club over there, that's Green Bay, playing in in Washington, where they played in the playoffs last year, and they pretty much manhandled the Washington Redskins after getting beat by us. That was pretty cool in the uh, in the Lambeau Field last year. They pretty much rolled right over the Washington Redskins, but the Redskins up to an early seven nothing lead right now in my viewpoint point right now um that's just all the update i can give you at this point hopefully the packers don't win this game um 
It's funny, though, the Vikings pretty much never, and I mean never win in Washington other than 93 to help them get in the playoffs. Yeah, I've said that 50 times already. Uh, the Packers regularly seem to win there. I don't know. Every team has their own little quirks, their own little, this is this place we always win, this place we never win, this, that. Like the North Stars used to always lose to the Calgary Flames no matter what, but they'd always beat the Washington Capitals. It was just, it didn't make sense. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. It's, it's just quirky. It's history. It, it is what it is. Um, Red Sox used to never beat the Yankees either, but we'll leave that alone. Houston and Oakland, that it's a nice little battle tomorrow night for uh, Monday Night Football. Do check that out. I would recommend it on ESPN or Channel 5 or whatever the heck it is, or, you know, ABC, whatever, um, <clears> through <throat> your local listings. Very fun to watch the Oakland Raiders and Houston Texans, who have definitely definitely brought themselves back in the playoff picture, despite Brock Osweiler being awful. Very possibly an in-state... Uh, in-state uh, relocation for Mr. Uh, Tony Romo to Houston next year. I would not be surprised at all. That would actually be very smart if the Houston Texans did that. And if they did, hmm, they might be right in the uh, right right back into playoff contention, and I'm or, or I mean Super Bowl contention. Dare I say, <clears throat> especially with JJ Watt coming back <clears throat> next week's opponent in our Thanksgiving Day meeting, Thanksgiving Day date with the Detroit Lions, NFC North. Roundup and also, of course, preview with the Detroit Lions, who are six and four after beating the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars. They're like the Chicago Bears of the AFC. Remember when the Jaguars looked promising? Blake Bortles, all that. Yeah, I talk about that every week too. They just keep losing and losing and losing, and the Detroit Lions continue to win. Uh, Matthew Stafford was nothing spectacular today, kind of like Sam Bradford in a way, kind of quiet. But at least he, at least Bradford threw a touchdown. Uh, Matthew Stafford didn't throw a touchdown and he didn't get a turnover either so good for him, high percentage 73%, almost 300 yards on the day, sacked three times though uh, Bortles wasn't sacked in the game but it didn't really matter because <laughs> Bortles was fairly lousy, uh, two touchdowns two interceptions, he was basically very similar to Carson Palmer, at least on paper but I gotta think a lot worse than Carson Palmer, I mean Palmer would have probably beat Detroit today <laughs> he was actually not bad Theo Riddick was barely used in the game today, which I'm not really sure why. I guess they really liked Dwayne Washington. They rushed him 13 times and he got six yards. <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, that didn't work out too well. Absolutely no running game from Detroit, which again is kind of weird considering they're ahead. And I don't know. I mean, Jacksonville's just such a mess that Detroit took advantage of it. That's basically what happened in this one. Um, <laughs> the ten, yep, you had... Uh, interceptions along the way. One of them, a pick six from Raphael Bush. Raphael Bush. Yep, you don't want to see interceptions from the uh, against Sam Bradford, but I don't really anticipate Bradford throwing a whole lot of turnovers, though. He's been spectacular all season in that category. Detroit still has a defense that's better than people want to believe. Um, earlier on in the season, they weren't good, but they seem to have found themselves a bit the past several weeks. Especially in the Metrodome. Or, excuse me, I just called it the Metrodome. The U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> See, I'm still going crazy. Um, I, I can't believe what I'm looking at. I, I can't believe this. Uh, what the hell? Yeah, the old extra point bug. You know, it bit both of these teams. Jason Myers missed one of his extra points. And Matt Prater, Mr. I-can-make-everything-from-60-yards-out, missed an extra point today. What the hell? That is the that is the strangest. What the hell? Ur, ur, urban legend of the day. Extra points. That that that's an urban legend. I I don't I, I can't figure this one out. 
Weird. Uh, Detroit's offense, very strange. But then again, Theo Reddick was much more used in the passing game than he was in the running game. And again, that's where he's actually more deadly. He's a more deadly pass catcher than he is a runner, so that is definitely fair. But it's just, wow, Dwayne Washington wasn't doing anything. Theo Riddick, who sometimes can do something. I don't know what Detroit was doing in that case, but I guess it didn't really matter. They're just experimenting. Plus, they were afraid Matt Prater might miss an extra point or something. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the hell else you could think about this. So, to preview next week's game, not much a whole lot to say about this. I mean, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Woohoo! You know, I mean... The Gophers might be... Okay, no, they wouldn't. Not the Gophers. <laughs> Not the Gophers. Maybe maybe Michigan. Okay, no, they wouldn't. Um, the Vikings need to win the game, obviously. Uh, six and four apiece. Unfortunately, because Jacksonville couldn't pull off a miracle upset today. Uh, Detroit, again, like they always do, hosts Thanksgiving every single year. And for the first time in a long time, we're the team playing them on Thanksgiving Day. Usually they don't do division rivals in this in this uh, particular special day, but they are this time around. It's like, yes, the Vikings need to win. They need to kind of, they, they should be able to beat the Detroit Lions. Um, Matthew Stafford better not be able to have that type of, the type of field day he did last time around. It's all about the pass rush. It's all about the pass rush. It, it, it really is. Uh, Jacksonville was able to get three sacks on Stafford today. So, I mean, I mean, they didn't fluster him too much. And i got to think the Vikings' defense is better than Jacksonville's. Even though the Jaguars have some decent players on their defense, they don't have enough players on the defense to really consider themselves anything special at this point. I mean, I can't even name half, like three-fourths of the players on this team. It's just kind of sad and funny at the same time. Chad Henney's still around. Wow, that's kind of funny. <laughs> um... I want to pick a win in this one. I got to think the Vikings could get some of their mojo back, but the sloppiness of today's game leaves me still kind of befuddled. Like, who are we? I mean, are we capable of showing up? Are we capable of holding our own against this this Detroit offense? It's not a spectacular offense, but it sure is efficient. I mean, they. I mean, Matthew Stafford has been a hell of a lot better, as we've been saying all season. Ever since Megatron left, it's like the pressure's off him now, so now he can kind of lead the way. Theo, 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 Theo Riddick, Marvin Jones Jr., who barely even saw the ball today, which I don't understand that either. And Gwen Bolden's always dangerous for the short yardage, you know, what I think Laquan Treadwell type of receiver he's going to be later on when he finally gets thrown to and he finally, well, earns, earns more snaps, that type of thing. And I do believe he will, by the way. Um... I don't know. It's a it's a tough matchup. The Vikings' record in Detroit is very checkered. It's the whole thing. It's the whole success here in Bloomington and Minneapolis over the many many years that has made the uh, Vikings and Detroit series so lopsided for you know the last fifty years or so. <laughs> so, uh, in good faith, I'm going to come out and predict a victory between the Vikings and the Lions. I think the Vikings' pass rush will wake up will continue to wake up and will improve. You're going to see a Daniil Hunter get to Matthew Stafford. You're going to see Everson Griffin get back in the stack category again. I mean, I think you're going to see four or five sacks in this game, and you're going to hear how the Vikings beat up Matthew Stafford. I think the Vikings are finally going to get back to their roots and beat up on the quarterback, because how did the Vikings demoralize the Carolina Panthers when most of us thought they were still a legit team? They destroyed... (laughs) They destroyed... Cam Newton, they absolutely demoralized him, and the Vikings did that to Carson Palmer today, despite the fact Palmer was fairly sharp when he was able to throw the ball. Uh, that's the whole point, though. I think you're going to see sharpness 
out of Stafford in the game because he's been sharp all year. But you're going to see a pass rush from the Vikings that you didn't see last time around. You're going to feel an urgency from the Vikings in this game. And they're going to claim that turkey in Detroit. It's all about the pass rush. And I'm predicting, I'm believing in good faith that the Vikings pass rush will wake up. Will continue to do what they what they were doing much earlier in the season. And they will, they will have, the, uh, from reawakening today against Arizona, it'll continue into Detroit. Because, you know... It's who they are. It's who they are. It's who they need to be. If if they're going to win this division like they did last year, they need to attack. And they need to attack. They need to attack. As good as Mike Zimmer is, he had he had a couple lessons to learn as well when he didn't rush uh, Matthew Stafford late in the game last time around during that twenty three second thing. I mean that was an eye opener for Mike Zimmer and the fan base at the time. And I think he's not going to make the same mistake again. I think he's going to really pressure Bradford more or Bradford Stafford more. See that's where I'm going to go crazy. He's going to pressure him more, and it'll make things very interesting. The hope then becomes, will the offensive line be as protective as they were? Will will they be as protective as they were today? Because that's another one of the reasons the Vikings won the game, because Bradford was able to actually throw the ball occasionally. Even though he got beat up a bit, he didn't get destroyed. That's the difference. (laughs) Can the offensive line hold up again? I'm going to, again, stand, come out in good faith and believe that that offensive line will step up, and this will be a kind of quote-unquote trap game for Detroit. They're going to believe, yep, we're going to take the division away from the Vikings, and the Vikings will instead take it away from them. That's what I do believe will happen on Sunday. That It'll all be about that pass rush, and that Bradford will be very sharp like he was against Detroit last time around. You're going to see Stefan Diggs really have a big performance. Bradford and Diggs will be the stars on offense yeah, I I know that's a big shock that I'd come out and say that. But hey, were, were Bradford and Diggs the big stars today? Not really. No, it was <laughs> it was more of more of Xavier Rose today that saved the day, uh, and of course Cordero Patterson and Marcus Sherrills. Cordero Patterson with the <laughs> with, with the hundred yard kick return, his first touchdown of this season and his umpteenth of his career. He's been absolutely spectacular in that category. That's why he's still in the NFL. That's why he made it into the NFL like the last couple of years, and now he's finally a receiver again. And, of course, Marcus Sherrill's had a nice return, 32-yard return as well. Um, I think the Vikings special teams, again, will step up. You'll see something special, and you'll see a Xavier Rhodes something. Maybe he'll, you know, just good pass deflections. You'll see somebody like a Harrison Smith get an interception. That'll help change things as well. That's what's going to be the difference in this one. You're going to see a better pass rush, and you're going to see mistakes by Matthew Stafford in this game, and the Vikings will win it. 24-21 on Thanksgiving Day. It'll be a close game, but the Vikings will pull it out at the very end, and they will reclaim the NFC North And as the Packers continue to hopefully fall further and further behind. Hopefully. <laughs> Not happening quite yet, but heading in that direction, hopefully. <laughs> so that's your prediction. Pass rush awakens in Bradford, and then on the offensive side, uh, Bradford and Diggs will regain their... Uh, Excellent chemistry that, that that's always been there, but it'll it'll shine like it has against Detroit the past couple, uh, like last year with uh, Bridgewater and Diggs, and this year Bradford and Diggs looked pretty good last time around. You're going to really see it again because this secondary is very beatable. The secondary of Detroit, as long as you can get past the defensive line. So there it is. We will take a quick break and head to what you guys have to say on the Facebook page and the Twitter accounts right after this.
And we are back here on Purple Mafia for the third and final segment of the show, Fan Interaction. Time to hear from you guys out there. Greatly appreciate it always. First of all, we'll start off with a Twitter account. It is at Purple Mafia Show. That's at Purple Mafia Show. Please give that Twitter account a follow and interact with me. Thank you guys for retweeting the last episode when I was saying it was 2003 all over again. Mad Martin, Tanae Brown, and Vince Germano from... So Scotland for Mad Martin, New Zealand for Tanae, and Australia, Vince Germano. Thank you guys all so very much. Uh, just always greatly, greatly appreciated. So we'll try to bounce after that. Mad Martin back in, like like a little bit after that, he was saying, no problem with who you voted for. Yeah, neither of them would have gotten my vote. So thank you, Dave Martin, for at least saying that. Yeah, I was saying, you know, I, I hope people aren't, Staying away from the show because they're realizing I, I voted for Donald Trump. Well, you know what? That's a bad reason to uh, avoid a show because I'm not sitting here telling you how to how to vote or who who to vote. I mean, who to like, how to agree, or who to agree with, whatever it is. I'm not telling you how to do that. I'm just saying that's who I did. So whatever. Uh, Dave Martin saying good start. Let's keep it up. And that was at the time worst bleep D on that drive. He was like surprised about three running plays for 30 yards. Yep. That was against us, of course, and it was painful to watch. He'll take anything in terms of a win. Yep, totally understand him there. And then we got in a minor discussion here also. I was saying, so he was saying this D is going to be running on empty in the second half, and I said they have not been good for so long. And he asked why. I was saying very hard to understand other than, I guess, offenses are figuring us out. And, yeah, I have been wondering that. Mad Martin says, in that case, we are in trouble. Is Zimmer not a defensive genius? And yes, he is. And I would say we are in trouble, yes. Um, hopefully not in enough trouble that will cost us the game. And I apologize. I, I was just getting really down at the time with how things were heading. Um, because it seems like time and time again we get beat from the run, and then we get beat by passes. It's just like one thing after another. It's like all of a sudden... Not only do we have no weakness, or like in the past we had no weakness, now it's like we have no strength. Like, what the hell? But um, things ultimately ended okay, thankfully. And hopefully the Vikings can come back and bring that pass rush more aggressively. Because I was saying about it waking up, it kind of woke up against uh, the Arizona Cardinals today. It woke up, sure, to a point. It's better than it had been, but it's still nothing like it was against, you know, like Carolina and Houston and stuff. And the New York Giants. Um... Mad Martin was getting nervous. That was two minutes to go. Crucial two minutes to the season. Yes, and it really was. I was saying how Hunter is a future star in the league. Tanae really liked that one. Mad Martin hated the call on Tom Johnson and the refs had been a joke all day. And yes, they had been the whole day. Not just for us, but for, you know, the Arizona Cardinals too, unfortunately. <laughs> I can only imagine the frustration Bruce Arians and the boys over there are in Arizona are, are, were going through. He was calling out the refs pretty much in the press conference at the end of the game. And Sam Bradford tried to avoid it as well. <laughs> Mike Zimmer very proud of the club. And yeah, I mean, at least they're kind of getting back to what they're supposed to be. That's good. Mad Martin wrapping up the Twitter account at this point, saying losing streak snapped. And he was doing the claps. Beat the Lions next, 7-4. and four. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. And happy Thanksgiving to you also, Dave Martin. Thank you very much. Out of Northern Scotland, kind enough to wish us over here in the United States a happy Thanksgiving. Yep, thank you very, very much. So let's try to continue where we leave off like we always do. 2003 all over again. This is on the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Of course, all the information will be in the show description on iTunes and Stitcher and Double Twist. 
Gotta give a quick shout out to MN Vikes Haven, MN Vikings Haven, pardon me, on uh, Facebook. Please, uh, thank you. Please do join that page if you could. Thank you, Trevor Wicker, and he's kind enough to allow me to post a link to the Purple Mafia on that page every time I release a show, and I gotta give him a shout out. It's only fair, obviously. Please do join that page, and a lot of you have, and it's a fun page to interact during the game, after the game, and during the week, especially. Very cool, indeed. Um, Gerald Sring says, well, I'm late again this week, and you know what? That's never a problem, because it always gets always gets read on this show, and I, I love when you post in here. It's fun. Uh, he says, look like you and I are the only two Viking fans that aren't huge PA fans. Yep, yep, I'm not a huge fan of Paul Allen. I like him as an announcer, but not as a radio host at all. Uh, if I were him, I would just stick to being an announcer and give up the radio show to someone else. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it used to be good back in the day, but I don't know. It's too silly. And every every uh, producer he brings in, I swear, they're like a pawn. You know, like, oh, let's, you know, they're, they're like PA's pawn. It's just, it's, it's kind of annoying. They just kiss up to him like some kind of a god. Um... Though I do think Nordo's better than Tiny Joe Nelson, but not by much. Uh, the music selection has just gotten pitiful, as far as I'm concerned, since Nordo came in. Anyhow, I've, I mean, that's the one thing I like about PA, by the way, is this, the 70s and 80s, you know, Hall & Oates, stuff like that. I like that side of Paul Allen. I love the 70s music. The Blue-Eyed Soul, Hall & Oates are as good of a good of duo of all time, as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, he gets too silly. And, you know, he always kills segments, and that offends me, you know. And I'm not easily offended at all, if you hadn't noticed. But that offends me. You're, you're coming on and killing segments, whole segments. You, you, you bring on a guest like, 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 uh, like Ben Lieber, and, 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 uh, God, I don't even know. I mean, all, all, all these other guests locally, stuff like that. And, like, they say there's two segments with somebody from FSN. The first segment, always, just absolute BS for like 10 minutes, just nothing. Well, let's talk about your personal life. Like anybody gives a rat's ass, quite frankly, you know, and then, and then they get serious the next segment and it's not even their personal life. It's, uh, it's just stupid pop culture, personal crap. I, no one gives a crap about that. Are, are you listening to this for that? Seriously. So that's my take on it. Sorry. Sorry. Boy, that got me going. I hate that crap. So thank God for the fast forward button. I don't listen live to that show. I podcast it only to get some type of a update fix or whatever. Just see what the heck he's talking about and forward through that garbage as fast as I can. And I mean, I forward it right through so I can't hear it. All right. Uh, he says, I honestly have to say he's always been a little too overbearing for my taste. Kind of reminds me of eggnog around the holidays. Yeah, just too much. The first cup ain't too bad. But you know the rest of the story. Sincerely, huge Purple Mafia fan, and thank you very, very, very much. Uh, Gerald String finishes up with P.S. Skull Trump, and yeah, <laughs> let's make America great again, my friend. Let's do that. <laughs> yep, not everybody has to be against Trump. That's for damn sure. And quite frankly, not, not there are a lot of people that weren't against him. There were a lot of people that were, and a lot of people that weren't. That's the way it goes. Even Ronald Reagan had a few million people vote against him. So, <laughs> as great as Reagan was in 1984. Holy moly. Um, and then I posted Blair Walsh is gone, and Genki. I don't know why I just said Genki. It's Yankee. I apologize. I apologize, Genki. He says, say what? And he loved it. And Brent Jacobson says, about bleeping time. Uh, Yankee is from the St. Paul area. Uh, Brent Jacobson is from the Lakeville area. Felix DePel is from Germany, and I love Felix. He says, waived or cut? And I said, cut. They say he was released. And uh, Felix, kind enough to say, I stand corrected. And I will say, I, I'm corrected as well. It, it's You know, they say he was waived. They say he's released, and they say he's waived. So 
I guess he was waived. I guess he was. But then ultimately, it ends up as a cut. Once he clears waivers, then he is cut. So it's that type of situation. So it's like kind of both, Felix. Uh, kind of weird. Kind of goofy. Um, and guess it counted against the cap. And the Vikings, but the Vikings were able to get underneath the cap in order to get to, um, Kai Forbath signed. He, he's a, he's an interesting looking guy. He's an, he looks like he's straight out of, I don't know, uh, like Europe somewhere. Uh, Brent Jacobson saying, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Oh, I remember when you used to say that on your calls sometimes. Oh man. He used to say that about Brad Childress years ago. Oh, I said Viking signed Kai Forbath responses are, and I figured that's who it would be. Brett, uh, Brett McCarthy says, is any good? Mark Carlson says, I let's hope so. And I was saying he was more accurate from short distance. Yes, 121 of 124 and extra points. And yes, he did miss one today, but it was blocked. It was blocked, to be fair. He made the other three. Gerald String says, that sure looks a lot better than what we've been used to. Yes, sir. Leland, also out of Iowa, saying, and now Gerald is out of Nebraska, by the way. Brett McCarthy's out of South Dakota. Uh, Leland says, Forbath made 33 of 34 extra point attempts for the Saints in 10 games last season. The Sherman Oaks, California native, so he's actually from, so he's actually really, uh, I think he's close to uh, Malcolm McSween over there a bit then, uh, Forbath. He said uh, he has made 84.1% of his career field goal attempts through four seasons since making his debut in 2012. He converted 9 of 13 field goal attempts for the Saints last season, including a career-high, a career-long 57-yard try. Wow. And by the way, before I finish, for those of us thinking Forbath might not have a very good leg, it was like touchback city today when he was doing the kickoffs. Now, I'm sure it's a well-rested leg. That may have something to do with it, but, I mean, <laughs> there was no kick returns today from the Arizona Cardinals. He just boomed those things way out into Timbuktu, and it was beautiful. Uh, the wrap-up what Leland is uh, posted here. He says, Forbath has also played for the Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yep, and Washington Redskins after going undrafted in 2011 out of UCLA, which, of course, he was a teammate with Vikings punter Jeff Locke, who was also outstanding today, providing a very awesome 72-yard kick with a very nice roll at the end there, a Viking bounce of epic proportions where the Vikings were pinned very deep, and he ended up pinning... The Arizona Cardinals very deep. Extremely impressive punt by Jeff Locke today. Uh, in-game thoughts. I tend to jump into the late area. Uh, yep, then Justin Mayhem was saying that punt was MLG status. And yes, it was just a spectacular punt. Uh, Brett McCarthy liked it as well. Uh, yep, J- Justin Mayhem fist pissed off at, uh, at Johnson. Saying stupid bleeping hit, GD. Knew that was going to get called. Bad call or not. I knew it was going to get called. And yep, that was Tom Johnson, of course. Game over, boys. The Vikings did eventually shut down that Arizona club. Justin Marion is saying, I'll be wearing my Bridgewater socks for the rest of the season. LOL. Nice game defense, says Brett McCarthy. So that's cool. Now we get into the post-game thoughts. And where are we? Tony Coleman. Welcome back. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota. Says, I had a very strong feeling we'd break the losing streak today. Six and four feels a lot better than five and five, and you darn right it does because it puts us right back into playoff contention. And if the Vikings only had a freaking tiebreaker over the Lions, we'd be the third seed in the NFC again. Yes, I would much rather be a second or, or first seed than third. It's a huge, 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 huge difference because it means the road to the NFC Championship game goes through the U.S. Bank Stadium. So unfortunately, that would not be the case, but. Who knows? Maybe Seattle, maybe we can still catch him. I, I don't know. Uh, it's going to take an unbelievable run for that to happen, though. 
Felix DePel says, man, that was a fun game to watch. And for the most part, yes, it got a little bit weird and wacky. Jeff Froyland says, I think my hairs are going gray from the stress, but that's okay. Skull. Brett McCarthy says, good game defense. Offense was there to play. And yes, they were. Patrick Grant says, a nail-biter for sure, but a great win. Yes, it was. Yankee says, the defense still showed life again. Or the defense finally showed life again, pardon me. While the offense is still, that's what I'm saying, at a one-dimensional skull. Yeah, yep, I'm like differing, a little bit differing opinions. Where Some people think the offense woke up and such. I think what they meant was that, yeah, the defense really is what woke up today. Uh, the offense did show up to, for the most part, though, yes, uh, for the most part. It wasn't the prettiest thing ever, though, no. At least there was a little bit of offensive line, though. Uh, Gerald String says, we needed this win and got it. Have a chan- We have a chance to get some things cleaned up. The two big plays won it for us. We need to take this win and improve it, improve on it the rest of the season. Probably should have won the last two games. Yes, we should have. And lost this, this one. But big plays are still a huge part in these close games. We still have a lot of work to do. Run defense has really gone downhill. We can't, we still can't run the ball. Nope, championship teams dominate the line of scrimmage. And we haven't been doing that. Very, very, very true there. Very true. Um, yeah, we'd have been, yeah, so if that took place, we beat Detroit and beat uh, Washington, we would have the tiebreaker over them, of course, including Detroit. We would be sole possession of first place and the tiebreaker. We'd be 7-3. and three. And Just just with that, like still losing to Philly and Chicago and then losing to Arizona at home instead of Detroit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sheesh. I mean, just little things, little things. You're 7-3. and three. Mm. Yeah, um, that sucks. Seattle's 7-2-1 with that annoying tie in there. Uh, Froyland, Jeff Froyland says, Rhodes for the Tarkington, and yes, yep, he got it. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, I got to see some of the game overcoming issues and taking home a win sure helps boost confidence in teamwork rather than blaming individuals for play and losses. This team has a lot to play for yet. Yes, they do. Skull, Mark from Iowa. Because you never do know. You never do know that when the New York Giants proved everybody a 9-7 and team can win a Super Bowl. Uh, Dave Hickey says, Woo, what a game. I'm glad we got some great special teams play. Yes, they were great, weren't they? And Rhodes was back to playing great against the other team's best receiver. But I don't think we can rely on this every week. And it seems like that's the common thread in all our victories. Without these, we we don't make the playoffs or have a winning season, just like this week. Thanksgiving game is a must-win. It, it It is. It is, because I think the, the only team that makes the playoffs out of this division is the division champion. It is a must-win. You have to beat Detroit in Detroit, because you don't, they have a full, they have uh, accomplished a clean sweep and have a one-game lead on the Vikings, including the clean sweep on the season. So there it is. Uh, very true. Uh, um. Let's see, where was I? Just like this week, Thanksgiving is a must-win. Then we are back in the driver's seat for the division. We have to manufacture sustained drives and some sort of running game. I like the idea of Jarek or CP on some screen passes more than the Wildcat. Yeah, that was kind of goofy today. Like, the first one worked. The first one was all right. And then it just got worse and worse. <laughs> it's kind of goofy looking. Another great show last week, Joey. And happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Skull Vikings. And happy Thanksgiving to you and your family as well, Dave Hickey. Thank you very much. And I'll mention, I'll talk about that some more at the very end of the show, too, about Thanksgiving. I even talked about it a little bit earlier, didn't I? Huh. <laughs> I'm blanking already. That's funny. But no, I know I did. I remember the Pilgrim talk. Um, yes, the special teams was absolutely fantastic. And that helps you win games. It really does. Not only, I mean, I mean we were good in every aspect of special teams. 
except the punt, the extra point getting blocked. But, ah, whatever. That was a spectacular play by Arizona. I'll give him credit a little bit. Um, Forbath made the one kick, the one field goal he needed to make. It was only 27 yards, actually closer than an extra point, which is kind of funny. Um, then you have the, what's the other one? The kick return touchdown by Cordero Patterson. The spectacular punting, and especially that one in particular late in the game by Jeff Locke. He's become a very good punter. Remember how bad he was? Remember how bad we all thought he was for the longest time? He's gotten pretty good. Um, and then, of course, Marcus Sherrills with the punt return as well. And Kai Forbath with the great uh, kickoffs. No, with, with the touchbacks and such. Absolutely awesome. Dave Hickey wrapping up this section saying, I nominate Rose and CP for Tarkenton Award. And yeah, maybe Cordell Patterson should get an honorable one. And he will. Um, and maybe the kicker again. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Even though it was blocked and a different kicker, it's still the weakest part of our team for the Pondered Award. Woo! The punting, on the other hand, has been outstanding this season. Yes, it has. Uh, Jeff Locke is one of the MVPs of this team, which is kind of sad and true at the same time. Like back in 07 when I was frustrated with the Vikings despite having Adrian Peterson as a frustrating offense, frustrating team. I was like, thank God we have Chris Cluey because he was a really good punter back then. Much, much less what he would become later on. Um... So, I'll check to see if there's any vis- check on the visitor posts. Oh, yeah. Brent Jacobson had a nice one. And Ali, always posting from Pro Football Spot. Always got to give him a shout-out. And thank you very much always for that. I don't know why. Come on. Huh. Where are all these coming from? Um. Okay. So, thank you very much, Ali. I, I love the posts. And keep them coming from Pro Football Spot. Great writer. Uh, he writes for the Vikings on there. Really appreciate it. Brent Jacobson posts uh, that some laughs at our arch rivals fans' expense. This Packer fan, friend of mine, wants Rogers gone too. Wow. He says it's cleanup time in Green Bay. MMTTDC and Rogers all need to go. Mike McCarthy. Wow, man. Mm. Really, man? Are you sure about that? Mike McCarthy and Rogers all need to go. All of them. Wow. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Boy, they're getting mad over there, aren't they, Brent? Um, it says, yes, the Vikings still have a shot. Oh, he's uh, Jim Mora. Yep, he's making fun of Jim Mora there with the whole playoffs back in 2000 with the Indianapolis Colts. Ali Siddiqui again. Flashback Friday, the Vikings come back and beat the Cardinals 27-24 in 2010. And yes, that was the game I thought that... Uh, Brad Childers was going to get fired because we were getting our ass kicked by Arizona. And then that fourth quarter, the Vikings just came roaring back. And I do remember reviewing that game. I remember it very well. I was going to say Cardinals have Childress being red because I figured he would have been fired after that game. They came back. uh, They just came roaring back. The pass rush just came out of nowhere. I mean, nobody saw that coming just out of nowhere. How awful the pass rush was in that game. And then the offense in general took, took a stand as well. And uh, the the quotes from the players after the game, the unanimous players said, we're winning in spite of him, not for him. They're not trying to win it for him. They're trying to win in spite of him. So, yeah, and the Vikings were wearing purple pants that day, too. Brent Jacobson will wrap up the show, at least this part of it. (laughs) Well, yeah, he'll wrap up the show saying, I honestly believe that the Vikings are closer to being able to turn their season around than the Packers are. And I agree with that. Packers are, well, they are beating Washington right now. Damn it. Barely at halftime. Mm. Barely, but once the Redskins are making a little run here. Uh, he says, one, there does not seem to be the internal squabbles. Yeah, no, there's not. And division and division that seems to be infecting the Packers locker room. Two, Vikings defense is still young and talented with a more conductive scheme than what Dom Capers is running in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Number three, the Vikings seem to have more innovative coaching staff. 
For the most part, yes. In Pat Shermer's more wacky. It's a really nice flea flicker that ended up drawing a uh, pass interference that wasn't a pass interference, but we'll take it <laughs> on Patterson. That wasn't a pass interference. Um, they both just kind of went down, you know. I don't think Adam Thielen was interfered with in that play. I love Adam Thielen, and I thank, thank you very much, Mr. Referee, for that for that call. But uh, as an objective NFL fan, it was wrong. <laughs> we'll take it, though. As a Viking fan, oh, yeah, hell yeah, we'll take it. As a NFL fan, that wasn't, no, that was not pass interference. I'm sorry, it wasn't, okay? So, <laughs> but it was a great play. If you can sucker the ref into that call, okay, great play call, Pat Shermer. Thank you. Pat Shermer, a little bit wackier than than Stubborn Turner. So anyhow, number four, the Vikings have won four more home games. Wait a minute, I'm not, I didn't say one. The Vikings have four more home games remaining, whereas the Packers have more road games than home games remaining. I may be biased, Skull. Good points, Brent. Very good points. That will make you a star candidate. That's how good, that's how good that was. You're a star candidate, and he won the Gold Star last week. Uh, there was another post somewhere. Oh, shoot. Something really awesome. Okay, this is annoying. Screw that. I don't want to accidentally ban somebody. I did not, yeah, because I had no intention of banning anybody. Something Leland said I thought was really good, too. I think he's a star candidate for the week. I don't know where he is, though. Or where it was. Where it, was. Mm. it was in here somewhere, and I really like uh Doggone it. Maybe it was just in the, the end there. Oh. It's kicking problems. Woo. Where is all of this? I was saying how Wayne's needs to take a seat. Yeah, I was frustrated with him. You could tell he was going to wind up with, uh, what you call it? You could tell he was going to wind up with the uh, the Ponder Memorial. Well, yeah. Uh, Leland, yeah. Something Jeff Froyland said, too, though. I swear, like, I'm missing out something. It's pissing me off. Okay, let's see where did he say it. Uh, Froyland says my hair's going great from that, but it's okay. Roads for... Oh, no, okay. No, never mind. Um... The stars for this week. It's it's never easy. It really never is. Gold star for the week is going to go to Gerald String. He's going to get the gold star. Silver star to Brent Jacobson. Bronze star is going to go to... Bronze star is going to go to... Hmm. Dave Martin and Justin Mayer Henry at this stage. Um, yeah. Well... I want to keep bouncing around a little bit. Um, yeah, Gerald String's going to get the gold star. Y- Yankee should get a bronze. Man, I'm all over the place, aren't I? Yeah, and Dave Hickey deserves something. Gosh, I'm going crazy. Oh, God, see, that, that's what's so hard. I, I hate leaving, you know, it's like they're, they're so good, you know, what you guys say. I'm going to give the gold to Gerald, silver to Dave and Brent, and bronze to Dave Martin. All right, so bronze to Dave Martin. Uh, silver are going to both go to Dave Vicky and Brent Jacobson and gold to Gerald String for this week. So there you go. I um, want to thank you guys always for being a part of this show. Yet another Thanksgiving. And it's funny how easily I can remember reviewing that uh, Arizona game. Just tells you how long Purple Mafia has been around. This is 2016, not 2010. Just think about it. 2010, and I remember that game like this. I remember reviewing it that day. How they basically denied firing Brad Childress that day. I wish they'd just move on and fire the guy. Yet I was snookered to believe that Leslie Frazier was qualified to be a head coach. Ugh, whoops. 
But yeah, just yeah, he was a nice guy, and he was probably at the time somebody you'd look on as more respectable in the locker room than Brad Childers, but still not a head coach. I'm sorry. Uh, some people see the same thing with Tracy Clays at the Gophers. At the end of the day, it is what it is. But uh, it's cool to be doing this show once again. Lawn cleanups are done again. Can do this show without having to be too exhausted, even though I'm exhausted from some of these games, including today's was kind of just weird and wacky. And Washington's back in the lead. That's good to see. Very good to see, by the way. Um, nice fake. Wow. Damn, that was good. I read there on Washington. Awesome play. Um, but, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, what was I even getting into? But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a long road. Glad to have the lawns done. Now I can concentrate on this show some more. Like, well, not that I hadn't been already, but I can get... I did the Wolves and the Wild show this week. Do check them out. Timberwolves Explosion, Brave the Wild. Check those out if you're interested in multiple sports. Yep, Timberwolves and Wild. Uh, here at Minnesota teams, of course. want to wish all of you a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, it, it's it's my favorite holiday, to be quite honest. I, I just look forward to it so much. It's the beginning of the Christmas season. Uh, the turkey is just legendary. I mean, the turkey, the stuffing, the mashed potatoes and gravy, the herbs, uh, the, the 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 pie, even the pies, which I, I think is kind of a lesser thing. I like the actual meal more. Sweet potatoes, if you like those, which I I do for the most part. Uh, I try to stay away from any green bean hot dish or even corn. I don't really care for all that stuff too much, but it's okay sometimes. Then you have the hors d'oeuvres, like olives, black green olives, black olives, uh, jello, and of course, who could forget the cranberry sauce? Now, I know that's kind of another hit or miss type of thing, but man, cranberry sauce is the bomb. I just love it so much. <laughs> I always will. I get to swallow it whole. I love it so much. Um, just want to wish you guys a very happy Thanksgiving, and again, remember it for what it was. At the beginning, where we we just you know where we were being thankful for, we were being you know we thankful to God for helping us you know, helping the pilgrims you know that's who us were back then, <laughs> to uh, survive that that dangerous journey you know the the lay of the Mayflower and the and the horrible winters and everything at the beginning there there a lot of people didn't make it through that because I mean it was tough I mean you're settling in a whole new land with basically hardly anything that's not easy. Um, and then, yeah, there's the other side of other things. We don't need to get too too far into that. But uh, uh, there was the other side where the Native Americans were very helpful, helping us farm and plant and everything. And then they, they joined the uh, pilgrims for that first Thanksgiving dinner. It was, it was wonderful. So very cool to see how there was unity uh, working together and, and a, kind of a, a, wel- a welcoming also. Uh, that was very cool indeed from... Uh, Everybody involved in that. William Bradford, man, to think that that's over 400 years ago. It's just crazy. Um, at least William Bradford was born over 400 years ago. My apologies. Uh, the Pilgrims first got here in 1620, which is just remarkable. Um, one final note I'll mention, too. Just an interesting little side note. Okay, my dad was an immigrant from Lebanon, so I'm the son of an immigrant from my dad's side. My mom... <laughs> Their first generation was Simon, Simon Willard. Of course, no, David Willard, Willie, some of you know him out there, Willie, uh, Purple Colonel, very popular guy in the Viking circles out there, like the motorcycles enough. Chris Carter's ridden his motorcycle in the, in the, in the stadium in the past. Very cool. Uh, big friends with Culpepper and such over the years. Uh, that's my uncle, David Willard. But Simon Willard was the original generation from my family to come to this state, to, to come to this state, to come to this country in, uh, uh, 1634, that's all. 
1634, just 14 years after the Pilgrims. So, yeah, it's just what a what a gap, what a contrast, huh? I'm the first generation on the, from my dad's side to be born here, and <laughs> Simon Wheeler was the first person to come here in 1634 on my mom's side. Insane. So, okay, sorry. Um, let's just see. This is see if PA wants to kind of go off topic a little bit. You know, he should do it at the end of the show. But also, it should be something more interesting, something more related to things than just BSing around with people. See, that's what this is. This is more related. Like, it's Thanksgiving, you know, that type of thing. So, yeah. Um, really hoping for the best here. Uh, <laughs> hoping, hoping you guys do have the best Thanksgiving weekend. I'm just losing my words now. I apologize. Please do enjoy yourself. Be safe. Use common sense. Uh, don't don't shop on Thanksgiving Day. But then again, you have a right to do whatever you want. But if you're going to shop on Thanksgiving Day, oh man, uh, I, I discourage it. I discourage it, but you still have the freedom to do it. Everybody, be safe, be smart, and happy Thanksgiving, and happy and Merry Christmas season as well. <laughs>